Before we get started, I want to draw your attention to the E on this podcast. It stands for explicit. That means that I will be using words and singing phrases or probably talking about topics you don't want your kids to hear. Being that said, fair warning, let's get started. Welcome to You Got to Meet Her podcast. I'm Christine Barr, and on this episode, we are going to be talking with me. (laughs) My good friend Erica will be coming over. She's a gorgeous human being that you will get to meet as well because you got to meet her too. Um, Later on in our series of this podcast project, this is a bonus episode. Um, The series, I guess I should call it, is a bonus episode. Um, I thought that it was only fitting for me to have the same courage as my guest and answer all of the questions that I have outlined um, and kind of give you the behind the scenes of what is happening um, with this whole project. I love calling it a project for the simple fact that I don't know where it's going. I, I have a, a direction, but I don't know where it's going. And I thought it would only be fitting for me to also answer all those questions on my outline that I have for my guests. Um, so it takes a little bit longer. It's harder to fit it all in an hour. So I thought it'd be best just to break it up into three parts and easy listening for you. Don't worry. It does not take away from the amazing, awesome, badass women that I have on the podcast. They will also be rolling out as scheduled along with these bonus episodes. Also, It's my birthday month, and I can podcast if I want to. All right. (laughs) I have a lot of fear in doing this, and I hope that I at least touch one person with my story as well as the women that have been doing this. And I am so grateful for Erica for even being willing to do this. I kind (laughs) of forced her. (laughs) But I can't tell you how much y'all have touched my heart in this journey that I'm going on and the journey that I'm going towards. So with that, I will let you listen to me (laughs) on this podcast. You know what? No, I'm a badass. You need to meet me. You got to meet me. Okay. And that's what you're going to do with these bonus episodes. Okay, let's do this. I'm ready. All right. So we are chatting with Christine Baugh. She is the creator, the brains behind (laughs) You Got to Meet Her. And it would only be appropriate for us to meet her, right? Get to know who this woman is, what she's about, and what has possessed her to do a podcast like this. Ah! So... (laughs) Let's dive into it. Okay. Christine, Mm -hmm. tell us about yourself. Tell you about myself. Okay. Well, (laughs) um, I, (laughs) sorry, I would like to say I am, what you see is what you get. 
Very true. Um, I The way I like to describe myself, you know those raw sugar packets? The sh- you, you know, like they're the grain? Yeah. And you put it in your drink and it never dissolves. Yes, and you're mixing it. Yes, and, and, it, it. and it doesn't ever really dissolve, but you put your straw in there and all you get is the sugar yes. and then the rest of your drink isn't sweet. That's me. <laughs> like, oh wow! Like I have the sugar in there, and I'll give it to you all at once through the straw. But then after a while, I'm like, okay, you got to get the real juice. Like, let's talk about it. Stop trying to water me down. Yeah, like up, no, you know. like you either gonna have to heat that sugar up, or you know, okay. or put it in. Um, I am about to be 31 next week. All right, all right. I don't know how I feel about it. I actually wished I could skip 30 and just go straight to 31. I feel like age 30, I feel so young towards people that are already in their 30s and so old to people in their 20s, yeah. you know? Um, so that I, I feel like the number itself was weird. I was like, either I'm going to stay 29 or just go ahead and make me 33. Like, I don't want to be these weird numbers in between. Um, I'm a mother of two. Um, I'm married. Um, to this amazing man that puts up with all my shit, but let me clarify, I put up with his shit too. Goes both ways. Yes. Um, (laughs) I'm loyal and I'm exciting and I'm funny to myself. (laughs) I think I'm fucking funny. I don't know. Uh, (laughs) You make me laugh all the fucking time. Um, I, yeah, I'm loyal. Um, I love dark humor. I love dry humor. If it's English humor, that's my jam where everybody's just straight facing and it's, it's funny, but there's not a laugh reel. So like things like the office, um, I know with you, we talked about blackish mm-hmm. and like, um, black as fuck, like that's like documentaries style shooting is my jam because there's n- like, there's no prompting into making you laugh. Like, either you get it or you you don't. don't. And I think maybe that's how I am as a person. Either you get me or you don't. It That's, yeah. Um, I'm five foot. (laughs) I identify as black. (laughs) Yeah, quarantine's helped me to get sick when I don't eat. (laughs) Because mama likes to eat. Um, But, yeah, yeah, I identify as black. Um, I'm the oldest child out of two. And yeah, I think that's enough. Okay. <laughs> All right. so, so let's, let's, let's back it up a bit. Okay. Um, mother of two. Okay. Yeah. Amazing husband. Yeah. Um, talk about like growing up. Where did you grow up? Okay. So I'm originally from Tulsa, Oklahoma. Okay. Um, growing up for me was probably an easy childhood compared to a lot of people that I know. I didn't have very many traumas, mm. but because of the 90s being so about, I don't want to say equality, but it, it was like the decade of the glow up, you know, like everybody wanted to glow up so much and it wasn't even just the kids. It was also the parents. I feel like it was like one of those points where money was getting to the point where you could use it more Mm -hmm. like the, the dollar wasn't worth as much. And so to spend $20 on something didn't seem like a big deal. Mm -hmm. Um, but, um, Oh God, 
I went to an international school, which I am very grateful that my parents did. It was a magnet school, which I learned proper Spanish, (laughs) not the Spanish we spoke at home. Um, I learned proper Spanish. um, And I, I contribute that to a lot of my views on what's going on in the world right now. Oh, yeah. Um. I contribute that to my ability to be open-minded and that was something that the school really did. And I, I want, I, if to, just to give you a look of how international the school was, we used to have this thing called a world market bazaar. And I cannot believe I even remember this. Mm. And every classroom of every grade would act as if they were that country. Uh, okay. So it wasn't just Spanish countries or the USA or English. Like it was whatever language they spoke, wherever they were from. And we would make toys and objects from that country. And then um, I think it was like it took just two or three weeks to do. And then we would learn a song in that language. And then we would have a festival and it was a bazaar. And people would come in and you got tickets and that's how the, the PTA made money. Mm-hmm. And you would go to all these different classrooms and you would be traveling around the world in the school. So I got a lot of influence mm-hmm. from the whole world, which when I was in school learning Spanish, we didn't just have Mexican teachers or teachers that would just so happened to be American that spoke Spanish. They were from Guatemala. They were from Chile. Mm. They were from Morocco. They were from Spain. And so we got the different accents. And so then we also had a French side. And so all the different places that spoke French, we got to hear their different accents and things like that. So I really think about that now and how diverse that was in little Oklahoma Tulsa, Oklahoma, right? <laughs> I was going to say, in a small, small yeah. city like that, which means not that small, but a type of school like that, I'm mm-hmm. sure, is impactful. Right. Just because it's sitting kind of right in the middle of a somewhat, you know, conservative. And, right. You know. Right. And not, I don't want to say not educated, but not diverse. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Not saying they weren't open-minded either, because obviously there was other kids that were going there, so mm-hmm. somebody had to be open-minded. But... I got to, I, they're like, how many black kids are in the school? But like, honestly, I'm going to be honest. I knew that there was other black kids, but not enough for me to be like, oh, there's one here, one here, one here. And these kids I was going to school with are the mayor's kids. Mm. Their parents are lawyers and doctors and engineer kids. And so my parents were blue collar. Yeah. But I would have never, I don't think I even knew that their parents were, doing that kind of work until about middle school because mm-hmm. we wore uniform you know <laughs> so, no, no no and you stayed with the same kids every year so like there was no switching and so when I my son started school I was like what the hell you like he was in your class last year, but he's not in your class this year. I didn't understand that other schools didn't do that. Oh, so the kids that are in your, let's say, second grade class are the same kids that are in your third grade yes. class. Yes. There's no, no rotation. No. Not, that's beautiful. So my kids that I went to school in kindergarten, there mm-hmm. might have been less by the time right. we got to ki- fifth grade. But we were there the whole six years together. 
So I grew up with these kids. So it was like, I mean, of course we had our fights and this and that, and you got to see kids starting puberty and shit, but I never really, really went outside of that. And I will say it probably did me a disservice once I did get to middle school because Mm -hmm. middle school was also a magnet school. And they also had the immersion program for the kids from my school. It fed into that middle school. Um, But I was hit with reality of what school was like for those kids. So that's when like identity issues started. That's when the race thing started. And if I probably didn't have the fundamentals that I had at the other school, I think that I would have a total different view of life in general and how big and how small the world is right now. That's, wow, that's that's major. Um, so you talk about race and you talk about diversity. And so you mentioned a couple of things that I kind of want to speak on a little bit more. I okay. want you to speak on a little bit more. So you identify as Black, um, but you mentioned that you guys spoke Spanish at home. Mm-hmm. So where do those two lines meet? <laughs> <laughs> so um, my parents, I, I will say this. I was told that we did have Latin Hispanic descent. Mm-hmm. Okay. We, it has changed very recently since I've asked more questions. Okay. I'll leave it at that. <laughs> um, but we, we did speak Spanish at home, but when we, my parents wanted me to learn, I grew up as a Jehovah's Witness. Oh, wow. Okay. And so the, another congregation needed help. And it's almost like missionary work at home. Like you're not traveling to do missionary work. You're kind of just staying in your home, but you're using it for a different language. Oh, wow. So the Spanish congregation needed help. And so my parents were like, okay, well, if we're going to want to help them, then we're all going to have to learn Spanish. So the school gave us an opportunity to do that. And so I, even though my parents had already been, submersing us in the Mm. culture um (laughs) we learned spanish the proper way through school um by immersing us in school and then we had immerse it it was immersing us at home i will say that culturally i identify as black because i know that that's what i am Mm. i identify as that but culturally i would say almost 50 50 or maybe 49 51 between Mexican and black because the congregation that we were in was primarily Mexican. So I would say I picked up a lot of their culture. Um, To this day, (laughs) I speak English, I speak Spanish, but I speak Spanglish the best. (laughs) Like like sometimes even when I'm interviewing people, I really want to speak Spanglish to them. And I have to like almost because like certain words just don't hit it like Spanish or it doesn't sound right if it's in English. It's just something about it. But I was so young that coming up through it, it it almost it, it trains your brain in a certain way. But now I will say as an adult, I love language. I think language is amazing. I think it's a gap that people are are forgetting about. And I'm learning another language right now. I don't know if I, I told you that. Really yeah. Good. So now I'm Portuguese. learning. Yeah. 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 I'm learning Port- Portuguese right now. Um, I will say I'm at like 250 words. <laughs> That's good. 
that's better than me. Quarantine has been good, okay? <laughs> like I'm a whole new person. But yeah, so I'm I'm learning I'm learning more, but I've always had the desire. Yeah. Um when I hit third grade, I don't I I know that our listener probably doesn't really remember. Okay. Let me remember when ADHD and ADD like became like a thing and everybody was getting diagnosed with it. It, it was like before that for dyslexia for me. So that's what third grade was like. And I remember my dad, he never called me dumb. He never called me stupid or like, but I could see the frustration of me not being able to read how much that hurt him. Mm -hmm. So like a lot of it, like, like the fact that I can't read now and people think that I, it's funny that I can't read, but like, like, you know, like the fact that I'm like, I can't read, I really can't. Um, in editing KT's episode, mm-hmm. I kept putting TK, TK. And I like would look at it, looks right. And then I was about to sit it and I was like, that's something about this doesn't look right. And so I still deal with it. But um, I will say Spanish helped because yeah, because it's uh, it's phonetically written the way it sounds. Okay. So when you want to teach someone to speak a language, they taught us different ways how to break up words. And I would use that with English. So I would say, um, say if you wanted to see, I don't know, a word in Spanish, you break it from the, from the back end to the front end. And so I do that with my daughter now. Like she can't say hand sanitizer, which is a really big thing right now. COVID, yes, right? Thanks, so COVID. she says, right. <laughs> so she says she doesn't say sanitizer correctly. But if I say zer, sanzer or tizer, mm. sanitizer, and I break it from the back and to the front, mm. that's how they taught us. And so that's how I use, I use that tool to help me read English. So, like, learning the different languages kind of helped me get through. And then I found – Right. So, then I started memorizing because I can't spell it. So, then my memory got really good. (laughs) So, So yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, you memorize. It's like um, if you ask me, like, how do you spell V? I know it's T-H-E. But, like, phonetically, sound it out. Oh, fuck you. That's not happening. Like I memorize that that's the almost like when a child can't read and you read them a book, the same book every night and then they don't know. But if you miss a word or a page, they're like, you missed it. Right. Right. And so I was using I was falling back on that. So I used other parts of what I did know to help me get through, which is crazy to me to think now. But there wasn't. There wasn't tools for dyslexia. I was going to ask, was there much awareness? Was there much resource back then? Um, my teachers, I feel like, were very on it. Mm. Um, be- I mean, there was maybe 16, 17 kids in my class. So it was easy for me to stick out that I had a problem. Thank imagine. goodness. Yeah. Um, but they didn't use the tools, I think, that I needed. Because there wasn't enough information. So they gave me like multiple choice, which is the worst thing to give someone that's dyslexia. Because the one that is wrong and the one that looks is right look the same. You can't 
distinguish between the two. Right. And so I used to think that that was, I was like, oh, they're going to give me multiple choice for my spelling test. And it was not helpful at all. Um, I can spell things better backwards than I can forwards. Like, you know, like those things I feel like are quirky, but it doesn't help you when you're trying to get through that. Um, but my parents were very adamant that we knew our culture, Black especially, um, even though we were very immersed in a Mexican, Hispanic, Latina culture. Mm. Um I would really say it was 50-50 on okay. most of it. Um, yeah, I guess. Okay. Well, no. <laughs> did I answer your that, question? It does. Okay, yes, okay. Yes, 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 it does. So it definitely sounds like your church being Jehovah's Witness and your school and the kind of philosophy that your parents had in raising you and your sister all kind of helped shape. I mean, obviously it shapes the person, but it definitely shapes the identity of identifying as black and identifying as Latino. Yeah. Okay. Um, I would definitely say that there was some native American in there. Mm -hmm. Um, it's the state of Oklahoma, right? People will lead with what, what tribe they are before Mm -hmm. they lead with their race of what they look like. So I would come up to you and I would be like, you're like, Oh, what are you? I'm like, Oh, well I'm probably like one eighth Cherokee. And then I'm like like, one eighth Choctaw. My mom's mom, it was from Mississippi. So she's this, you know, like you would go through your whole native background and you're like, and then black. (laughs) Because, um, I don't know if you listened to Sharissa's episode. I did. She has it so differently. That mindset over there is so differently. Yeah. The pride in Oklahoma to be Native American is um, like like no other because everybody wants to be it. Right. Yeah. Um, it it's and I think that kind of probably shapes a little bit of how I view race today too. And the way people think of race is because it was like, no, I'm Native American before you would say anything else. I have cousins um that got benefits from mm. school and things like that, that um, I didn't qualify for, but they did. And they got a whole bunch more than I did. Um, but Native American, I always, I always just assume people assume that that's in there yeah. when you're in from Oklahoma. Right. <laughs> like, <laughs> like that's a given, right? Right, right. But Native Americans don't see Black Native Americans as the same though either. There's a divide. Um, I wouldn't say necessarily in Oklahoma, but I would say in other places, Outside yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So. Can I say, question. wait, uh, Yes. Even Juneteenth, like the Juneteenth Festival is like all like Native things. Is it? There's a lot of black history there and they mm-hmm. do it on Greenwood. Like it's it's black. Like yeah. let me let me but you see a lot of native stuff there, even That's for weird. a black history. And is the black culture there accepting it? Oh they yeah. Like, they welcome that yeah. they don't feel like there's yeah. any type of like misappropriation happening. No. Okay. No, no, no. It's not like that. That's like cool. you can get Indian tacos. I'm sorry, Sharice, I know that I'm not supposed to say Indian, but that's what they call them. Wow. Or you can call them a Navajo taco. That's another thing. It's and it's that. fried bread and everything that you put in a taco on top of a fried bread and it's amazing. I'll have to make you some. It's a, but they sell them at the fair because also it would be at the fair. Yes. Everything is native in Oklahoma. Makes sense. Right. Oklahoma. Yeah. <laughs> 
Wow. Okay. Sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, I just go. wanted you to realize like how native Oklahoma City. No, that really, that really painted <laughs> Okay. Like, that's it's in everything. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. everything there. The coins. It's, everything. It's Oklahoma though. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, of all places to have that at least history not be completely erased. That's, yeah. It, it's it's alive there. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. very much alive. It sounds mm-hmm. like. All right. So we're still on this topic of race. Okay. You have two kids. Mm-hmm. And you're raising them in this current state and time. Mm-hmm. Um, you go into an international school mm-hmm. and how much it exposed you to all the different cultures that I'm sure shaped your ability to be compassionate of others, ability to understand other cultures without um, having any type of ignorance towards them. Um, do you or are you raising your kids in that way, in that belief? Um, that's one question. Okay. Second question is, would you, do you feel that that type of school is needed in every single district? Mm, Erica! <laughs> <laughs> oh, damn! I'm going to lose some people on this one. Um, yes, I do raise my children this way. Um, I know for the fact that my husband did not raise that way, so I feel like sometimes I'm educating him on things as well. Um, so, but not to say that he's not, he's not turning his nose up to it or anything like that. He just wasn't, I, I mean, he's white. So like, and he wasn't in a diverse, and I realize that my situation mm-hmm. is different from black people and a lot of people. Mm-hmm. So it's not like, oh my God, you don't know this about South America. How dare you? Like, it's not a, it's not a pretentious thing. Yeah. But yes, um, my son now goes to a language international school. My daughter will start in kindergarten um, this fall coming up. Um, I do believe this needs to be everywhere. I think the reason why it's not is because America... (laughs) I already had a dream. I know, it's my (laughs) podcast. I'm like, oh... America wants it to be American. And I don't know how much simpler to say that, but one of the biggest, I know this might be a little off topic, but one of the biggest things that bother me is when people are like immigrants and this and that and the other, and they're so mad about people coming to America. And then the rebuttal to that is, well, your family had to come here from somewhere and your family were immigrants. The word immigrant in the United States is very young compared Mm -hmm. to the country. Mm -hmm. So when people were coming over here and making new lives, the word immigrant wasn't put on them. So I feel like that's something that we forget that how young that word is immigrant for the United States. Yeah. And if you think about it, the this United States itself, I don't like saying America all the time mm-hmm. because I feel like it's encompassing Canada and Mexico. And I don't want to put this on them because they also have their own cultures and also have their own things that they're dealing with. with. Right. Yeah. So the United States itself is almost like a teenager when it comes to age. I'm not saying in policy or the way they fight or anything like that, but just in age. The United States is pretty young if you look at Europe, Africa, even some places in South America mm-hmm. or even China, Asia, those areas. So we're still trying to figure things out. And I think that when it comes to race and things of how do I teach this, mm-hmm. 
you have to give yourself grace and you have to give others grace. I was just talking with someone the other day. I think it was yesterday about how white guys and black girls are suddenly starting to date in older generations. And I have a theory (laughs) that because, and I'm not saying older generations like 60s, 70s, 80s. I mean, like probably 60 and younger. Yeah. Because even though they might have been attracted to someone in that race, they weren't allowed to bring it home. 60 years ago, I wouldn't have been able to marry my husband, right? I, I, and if we did, we would have had to been in a place that was super, super okay with it, right? They had to be open-minded about us having an interracial couple, be an interracial couple. So I feel like because those people are now kind of getting older and they're feeling free and understanding that people are just people. And I want us to remember Mm -hmm. that we gave them grace. So everything that's happening on right now, I do feel like these schools are needed because my son is now learning Spanish. He can read and write Spanish, but he's also sitting next to a Jewish kid that's Mm -hmm. taking Hebrew. And now they play Fortnite together (laughs) in Hebrew because they have a family member that doesn't speak English. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you know, and so they want to play. So he's like, okay, I'll tell you how to say certain words in Hebrew so you can play. Mm -hmm. And that accepting, I live in McKinney, North McKinney. There is a lot of Indian people here. And, but my son goes out there and plays with them. I think it's not necessarily, I think the school system is going to allow for our kids to be open for there to be change later. But I think it's on us as parents to notice that there needs to be change. And we can yell and fight and scream and post everything of anger on your Facebook page. But I I've never, <laughs> I've never seen anybody's mind change because you yelled at them. It's the opposite. That's right. The yeah. I've never felt like making a group that does this, that, and the other, someone's mind get changed. But I can touch someone's heart that's right in front of me. Yeah. I can change their idea of what an interracial couple looks like right in front of me. Or the people at the <laughs> at the grocery store, or this person over here, and they always say, "Well, don't lump us all together." Well, then don't lump yourself with those people that they're lumping you with. <laughs> like yeah. if like if you look like a thug and you're doing thug things, and I'm not saying, "Oh, he has saggy pants and a hoodie yeah. and shit." No, if you're doing fucking thug things, and then they call you a thug, I mean. Right. And being, and I'm not saying that as a race at all. I'm not saying black, white. I'm saying every race has thugs. Yes. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Right. So, right. So I'm like, don't, don't put that, don't let people put that label on you and then you prove them right. Yeah. If you want difference. That part.
Did I answer your question? You did. Yeah. Okay. You, you unpacked all of that. Okay. I'm glad. I'm glad you did. I, I, I um, just I just don't want to offend anyone, but I also want to speak truth. No, and okay. that's what this is here for. And I will <laughs> I will hold you to that. Okay. Okay. As much as I can. Okay. Sounds so, good. So you mentioned Facebook posts, and you mentioned um, you know you can't touch people, you can't reach people, you can't change their minds through anger. Mm-hmm. So I want to talk about a post that you oh, <laughs> that you put up. Yeah. And I want to say it, for me, it came from one of the most warm-hearted, nurturing <laughs> places I've ever seen from you, like mm. ever. And I mean, and we haven't known each other that long, so I'm sure I will have many opportunities to see that <laughs> side of you. Yeah. Um, not to say that you don't, you know, have that. But that post was such a, the complete opposite <laughs> of what we've all been seeing. Okay. And I thought you were saying the opposite of me. But no, no, yeah. no, no. The complete opposite of the type of post we've all been seeing. And I get it. Everyone has their own, um, their own type of rage, rage, their own level of rage and disappointment and sadness. Um, but I want to talk about what stirred up inside of you, how you made the decision to post what you did the way you did because it was unique by far like like for real in the last couple of months what I've seen it was very unique so like walk us through that talk about that um I think you know Mm -hmm. everybody knows even the listener knows I have a very diverse group of friends a whole rainbow yeah (laughs) I I I have gay friends, I have straight friends, I have bi friends, I have trans friends, I have all different colors of friends. And the one thing that I kept seeing, and let, let me say, they were all, all outraged. Yeah. Okay, they were all, it, it wasn't, it wasn't like, you know, oh, there's riots again. I have a few that are probably, I don't like using the word ignorant, because it's almost derogatory. And so I, I get ignorance, I understand what the word means. Um, but for them, I I would not use that. I think it was lack of understanding because they were informed, but they didn't understand it. Right. (laughs) So I feel like that's a little bit different. Um, I worded that way because so many people kept saying, Oh, if I see who's quiet, so I'm taking note of all my friends that are quiet Mm -hmm. about this, but what do you want them to say that they're outraged? Okay. Once they say that, then what? Or did they get any understanding from that? No one, no one, if they say they're outraged and you're happy with that, okay, fine. What happens next? Right. Is anything going to change? So I had to think of a way of something, one, and like anything, how any negotiation, any way of changing someone's mind or changing some, yeah, any way you have to find common ground. And the number one thing I know that I have in my beauty group is women. Yes. We're all, I would say, what, 95% mothers. And we all know what it's like to give our child a gift. And how happy and how hard we work for a gift for our child that they really wanted. And for me, I felt like, how can I show you what life means by using the gift analogy. I didn't ask people to say, think about when you were 
Uh, think about being a black person in America. Mm-hmm. Close your eyes and think about being black in America. <laughs> they don't know what that's like. It's like me, some, me saying, okay, I'm going to close my eyes and think about being in the Sahara Desert. Right? Never been to the desert. The closest thing I've been to is Las Vegas. Well, I took, I took that back. I went to the Grand Canyon. Either way, totally different still from the Sahara Desert. Mm-hmm. So then people start using things that they relate to to gap that what you keep trying to make them feel mm-hmm. and it's still not the same. So me asking you to be a minority if you're white or be be black if you're Hispanic mm-hmm. or whatever, me asking you to be my race is not going to help the situation. But what if we just took race completely out of it? Mm-hmm. Because that's I I I let me be very clear. I realize it's a race thing. Yes. Right. Yeah. I, I want to be clear on that. But it's hard to have someone that's never had to deal with a race thing relate to, to relate to it. So fine. Let's just take that factor out. Let me say about you and your life right now. And for me, that is more impactful that you can put somebody, if you really could look at someone's situation without race being the thing, would you still be outraged? And the answer is yes. So if it's race or not, you should be outraged because if it were to happen to you in your lifestyle now, you would still be outraged. And I felt like that was the only way that I could kind of hone in. And I feel like white privilege is a white people's problem. Me walking down the street is not my problem. It's your problem that you have a problem with me walking down the street. And if the police have a problem with it, it's a, if the police are having problems, that's a police problem. This is not a black people problem. Because the problem is not us. Right. And so I just felt like that was something that we needed to be said. And then I get on TikTok and I follow a lot of police officers on TikTok, Mm. like the straight and the gay. (laughs) Them girls be looking good in them uniforms. I'm like, hey, she TikTok (laughs) it. But I'm not saying I don't support the police. I'm not saying that I don't like white people or I think they're prejudiced or anything like that. I'm not saying any of that. But I was just wanting to say, hey, I think the police need to get their shit together. Like, we're black people are rioting, but now we're looking at videos. It's not all black people rioting. There's a whole bunch of people out there taking advantage of that. Yeah. Next thing I would like to say is, too, is that you can be for Black Lives Matter. You can be for protesting. You can be for police. And you can be against rioting and looting all at the same time without having the label of racist. And those are the gaps that need to be filled. And I understand that a lot of people are focused solely on the rioting and the looting. When you want to make a plan and you want a certain result, the plan has to equal the result. So if you want a plan for a more united front of people, then you have to set a plan for that. So when you're having this where you're not looking at the plan at all, but we're still getting the same result, it's not even insanity at that point. What it really is, Mm -hmm. is that you're not even planning. It's failure. Right. Yeah. And it's, there's no plan. 
There's no plan at all. It's just like, oh, yeah, that happened back in 92. Yeah, I remember that. Mm -hmm. L.A. was so cool. I got a TV from that. Like, that's that's as far as it goes. And now we talk about it. And now we, we are, how do you say, we're comparing it to what those things are. Mm -hmm. Yes, that was bad. But yet there wasn't a plan put then nope. to not make it happen again. So what is the plan now? If my kids are acting bad at school, not say just one, yeah, the teacher's going to call me and be like, get your shit together with your kids. So even if there's one bad cop, I expect the police to be like, yo, we need to get our shit together. So I, I think that I really want people to realize that it's not anger towards, for me, for me, one group. The sadness, the anger, all that things, the frustration isn't the rioting and the looting. That is a result of something of not planning. And I loved um, one of the girls put, I said, if somebody did that to your baby, if they shot them just for wearing green socks, she said, I would blow the world up for my baby. And it's like, Boom. That's what we've been trying to say. Right. Yeah. That's when the point that's when you try to be right. And so now you're having to worry about just sending them outside. And it's like, well shit. She's willing to blow up the fucking world over here. And this is less than. Um, I I'm probably done now. I, I think I'm done. I think at this point, my my best job is to just touch people that I can touch. Yeah. Um, I'm not going to flood Facebook with it anymore. I get it. People get it. And if someone wants to talk and have an educated conversation about it, totally down for it. Um, but I really do think that my plan is to touch as many hearts as possible with a positive message than trying to flood their feed on Facebook with everything that's gone wrong. And the reason why is because they were already seeing it from other people and they haven't changed. So I mm -hmm. must have to change my plan for me to get a different result. That's beautiful. <laughs> no, that is. I mean, because it's, it's hard, right? When you're a person of color and you just, you're sick of it and you just want it all to stop. It's so mm -hmm. hard to say, you know what, I'm going to take this high road mm -hmm. and I'm going to try to help you understand um in the most peaceful way I can and I just want to say that post touched me so much and I hope that it may not change a person's perspective um on <laughs> on what's going on but I definitely think it will cause people or those women who listen to kind of sit back and um think about this is something so small that she mm -hmm. used an example of Right. But now let's scale it up to what's going on. And hopefully those two can connect. Like mm -hmm. if, if something so small as this can make me feel this way, then it happening on a bigger level, on a grander level and repetitiously over and over and over again, mm -hmm. then I can hopefully now understand what people of color are going through. Mm -hmm. We can only hope. Yeah. Let's hope. Um, but let's now kind of like change direction. Yeah. Definitely. Let's change direction to some other questions okay, I have yeah. for you. Um, so we talked about where you went to school. Yeah. Um, 
role models. Who are your role models? <laughs> Oprah. <laughs> Always Oprah. Yeah. She has amazing hair. Ah, and yes, she does. yeah. And it's all hers. Yes, I know. And she went from big to small and small to big and then Girl, big to small. And then she the did volumes. Weight Watchers and now she has her own TV network. I like Oprah. Um actually, um, I know this um, this is gonna sound really corny. This is so bad. So I don't know if you've ever read the book Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Mm. Mm-mm. So it's it's a money book. Yeah. But he talks about having um uh, what is this people that oh uh mentors. Yeah. And he talks about having five mentors that are good and having five mentors that are bad with money. But I use it for everyday life. Oh wow, okay. So but the thing is is that you don't always have to tell them that they are your mentor. So I have found that I've used five mentors that I really love. And I like, I love the way they speak. I love the, what they do. I love how they empower others. I love how they connect with me and how not necessarily we always have the same morals or something like that, but that I find these five people and then I watch them. And it's always changing. Sometimes mm-hmm. they're five for the same year or three for the whole year. And I switch out two or something like that. But I have five people that I watch and I follow. And then I have five people that I'm like, fuck, no, I don't ever want that to be my fucking life ever. In my Like, no. And of course, you don't tell people that they are they your are. good right. or bad right. mentor. But you see so much when you just just follow five people that you don't like what they are doing or you're using them as a standard of watching. Mm. So I have people that don't have a 401k. I have people that <laughs> the, the way they treat their kids, it could be good or bad on both sides. Yeah. Right. Like, Oh man, I don't ever want my kids to feel that way. Or, Oh, I don't want them to hear me say those words or, I wouldn't want them to feel this way about me like their parent, you know, or just simple things like that. Or, wow, I really like that. You know, I really like how she said that. I really like how she did that. And I just follow them. And it's not necessarily one particular role model. It's really just I follow certain people that inspire me. Um, right now, I would say someone famous would be Rachel Hollis. She does Girl Wash Your Face, Girl Stop Apologizing. Um, I did her her Rise conference not too long ago. And I really like her story. I really like how she's getting her family involved in what she's doing and supportive and things like that. Um it's always Oprah at the end of the day. <laughs> yeah. The one at the time. Right. But, you know, you just find people like, oh, wow. Um, right now I'm distancing myself from materialistic things. Okay. That So now my, my role models have changed just a little bit since 2020 even started. So, uh, you know, even not even necessarily through quarantine, but like, oh, what kind of person are you having? What are you doing this? Oh, what are, like, um... I truly believe media can be a role model. Mm-hmm. I cut out all, all, all real housewives of anything, basketball wives. If it's anything about women yelling and fighting, and I'm going to sit down and talk to her about this, and we're going to do it like this. And I have cut all of that out of my life. I don't listen to it. I don't, um, I stopped watching The Bachelor. 
Okay. I stopped watching Bachelor the Bachelorette. Like, and those were my was shows. Oh my was god, yes. I only have two shows I still watch, which is Survivor and Big Brother, because mm-hmm. I feel like anybody could win, men or women. You know, like it's a little bit different. It, they're all for money and. I've been watching it for too long for me to stop. But when it comes to women bashing other women, I had, I like, I took it off my Hulu. I took it off of my Netflix. I'm not watching it. And I feel like it can be a role model. And if you let that in your home, it will, you will start to act and talk and accept those kinds of behaviors in your life. And I refuse to have that in my life. And I, I don't care if you got your shoes from Walmart. I don't care if you made your own shoes from the leaves in the back of your yard. That's not who I want to be to think that, oh, what do you have? What do you, can you offer me? Um, I want to look at the person. And not to say that I was super into it, but mm-hmm. I was more into it for myself. It was like, oh, my goodness, she's got that purse. Baby, I want that purse. Or, oh, she's got that. And it was just people on TV. I don't fucking know them. And then you listen to, you know, we were in the money group together. Mm-hmm. But you listen to Dave Ramsey. And he's like, so you want a car to sit next to a light next to somebody that you don't have. You will never meet the person at the light next to you. But you want to impress you them with your car. Yeah. And that hits me so hard that Mm. like, why am I, this purse that I might have or my wig that I might have or my shoes that I might have, the lady at Kroger checking me out between the plexiglass can't even fucking see my shoes. So why am I even trying to impress her? And so those are the role models that I want. I want to cut out all the ones that I feel like aren't servicing me to where Mm. I want to be. And I want to put people in that. All right, I can groove with you. Mm-hmm. And I don't like superficial. So if you can get deep, I'm down. Oh, that's, that's mature. <laughs> that's mature. Quarantine changed <laughs> me since did. the last time you saw me. It did. But no, like, I, I respect that so much because there's a lot of people who don't realize how much their life or they are trying to imitate art, which is what mm-hmm. they see on television. Which is fake. It's all fake. <laughs> right. They call it reality TV, but it's not at all. And mm-hmm. so when you get sucked into that, you don't, no one ever sits back and asks themselves, why do I like these shows? Is it something about me that draws me to them? Or is it something that I'm trying to be that draws me to them? Mm-hmm. It's, it's usually one or the other. Mm-hmm. So, and I'm not bashing anyone who loves no, not that yourself, type yeah. of stuff, you know, but you have to be able to draw a line between how much of it influences you in mm-hmm. your life. And you have to be able to sit and kind of reflect on that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that's hella dope for you Thank to you. have sat back and said, <laughs> okay, this isn't, I love the word that you use. It's not servicing me. Yeah. You know, um, so that's, that's cool. Thank you. I'm ready for the glow up. <laughs> it just took three months of quarantine. Hey, it's okay. It's never too late. No. Never no, too late. it's not. All right. So next, next question for you. Okay. Are you spiritual or are you religious? Um, I used to be religious, mm-hmm. um, growing up as a Jewish witness. I'm definitely spiritual now. I do not claim any religion. Um, I'm really, I, I, I like, I like my crystals. I like my candles. I like my Zodiac signs, but hmm, I don't want it to sound like scientific, but psychology wise, our brain picks up on things that we put our power into Mm. and I feel like if you're religious or you're spiritual it's almost the same thing but different 
right? Mm -hmm. Um, Prayer is very important to people that are religious, but isn't it the same thing as meditation? (laughs) Aren't you just asking for something that you want to get you through something? Mm -hmm. But if I write... I will be nice today. 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 And I do that five times every day. The chances of me being nice is almost the same as having a prayer. And I'm not, I'm not taking away from the energy that comes through prayer. Mm -hmm. Let me just say that. But I'm saying as human beings, we have the ability to send out energy through ourselves that connects with God, that connects with the universe, that connects with each other. I believe that we're all connected through a spider web Mm -hmm. and you're just got little strings attached. And sometimes there's vibrations in between those strings and we, we can either feel them or not. It's almost like when you know something's wrong with your baby, Yeah, it's almost right. Right. Or a longtime friend. I know we all heard Sharisa, but I can call Sharisa and be like, bitch, what's up? Like, I know something's wrong. She's like, whoa, that's freaky. But I have that connection. That 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 spider web string between us is good. And I have that with a lot of friends, you know, or even just talking with someone, you can get a connection with them. Um, but I do believe in God. Let me say that. Okay. Um, I do believe in God. I do believe that God, the universe, Jesus, all of that is all one. And I might lose some people on this, but I do believe that religion and spirituality is crowdsourcing. Mm. I believe if we were to put all of the religions together, all the spirit stuff together, we're probably pretty, pretty right on what is the truth. The meat of it. Yes. And I don't have a problem with religion. I've just seen what religion has done. And... Oh, this is a hard one. Yeah, I'll, I'll leave it at that before I hurt somebody's feelings. <laughs> I mean, if they're listening and yeah, they, they know, know you, right? They they would have they would walk away. Right? Yeah. True. Think, true. Yes. Yeah, but I, I I really do feel like re- I don't believe religion is wrong. Mm-hmm. I I believe people do need it, but I feel like when you put your whole heart into everything of that it's kind of hard for you to see other ways of thinking and believing, which sometimes can hold you back maturely, um, socially. Um, I mean, because of religion, me and my husband probably wouldn't be able to be married. Jehovah's Witness specifically or just religion? Religion. Yeah. Yeah. Right. No, Joe's one is no, no, I did not grow up about race and stuff like that. No, they Mm -hmm. don't believe anything like that. Mm -hmm. Like they don't care if you're purple, like that, that I never grew up with looking at that was never in my face at all. I don't think I've ever heard my parents say, oh, it's because I'm black or, Mm -hmm. oh, it's because you're black. I never grew up with that mentality. Um, I, I was taught it, but I was never, it was never in my face to think of something like that. I'm just saying that people use scripture to tell people that of two different colors can't get married. Um, religion, and I hate when, man, there's so many drastic ways on both sides. Um, I, I mean, this sounds so bad, but the KKK claimed to be Christian, right? So I get so mad when people are like, oh, it's ISIS, it's ISIS. I'm like, bitch, you have KKK. And that sounds terrible, but it, I mean, are they not all terrorists? Are they like it's yeah. two extremist groups under the guise of religion, right? Yeah. 
and they believe that they are right. So I, I think that religion has a place. And I believe if someone believes and they feel like they're religious, totally okay with it, have no problem with it. And I think that a lot of people do need religion. I think they do need it. But me, myself, I will say that I'm spiritual. And that's like the most millennial thing you'll hear me say. <laughs> I'm not religious. I'm spiritual. <laughs> but yeah, I, I, I just feel like you can you can have that spirituality and that understanding of it without having to be religious. Okay. <laughs> that's cool. Okay. No, that's Okay. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So on to what I call like, these are more the fun questions. Okay. So can, the fun questions. Uh, uh, okay. Side of, side you you hit me with all the hard shit. I know, okay. Okay. I know. But now, but now we can have some fun. Okay. Um, are you a taker or giver in the bedroom? <laughs> I don't know. I just like dick. Um, right. Whatever. Whatever. <laughs> I don't know. Um, so I will say this. I When I was doing this, I found I had to change the question because I was asking if you were a pillow princess or a diamondatrix. Yeah, yeah. And I found out that that was not acceptable in straight world. Hmm. Okay. So I changed the, sub, the question altogether. Yeah. But the reason why I did know is because I myself identify myself as the LBGQ. Plus, plus community plus, plus, yeah plus. yeah i identify with that community so i never saw anything wrong with it until mm. someone that was straight was like i looked into this and you can't be asking straight people that it's, it's part of that community yes so it, it's kind of it's it's been different with mm. that I, I i just wanted to put that out there but um i'm probably more of a taker yeah, I want Brandon to put it down on me. I want to be tied up. I want him to stand up in it. Like, there's a song about that shit. I want him to stand up in it. <laughs> I want pain. I like I like all sex things. Okay. So you talked about pain. So then are you guys, you, you do like kind of the sadomasochist kind of stuff? No, Brandon's not too much into that. Okay. But, which I'm totally okay with. But like, he'll tie me up. Okay. And I'm totally down with that. But, like, sometimes it's really tiring to, like, get it all together. <laughs> so, so it's like, yeah. So it's like handcuffs are good. Like, you know what I mean? Straight like, yeah. Like, you can do my feet and my hands and I'm good with that. Like, you don't have to, like, literally strap me to the bed. But there's sometimes I need to be strapped to the bed. Oh. Um, let me think. What else? Yeah. I don't mind getting on top. I don't mind riding it. Mm -hmm. But, oh, it's just so much work. And then my thighs hurt the next day. You ain't lying. Right? <laughs> and I'm like, damn. And if I you don't have a right bed that can support, yes. like, all that. And then, like, your knees are weird yeah. places. And then, like, your big toe. It's always the big toe that falls asleep because you're, like, straddling. And it's just terrible sometimes. But I like... <laughs> and it wears the lie. Like... <laughs> None. Nowhere. But like I do, I like I like giving to him too because yeah. I I mean he works a lot so sometimes I'm like you know what let me fuck you tonight mm -hmm. but normally I need to be fucked like you my love put it down yeah my love yeah. language is touch so the fact that he wants to touch me and give me that love then I'm like all for it. all for it yeah like I want dick all the time not multiple dicks I just want one dick his dick all the time yeah all the time like if he can walk around with just his dick inside of me i'd be okay with that oh not even swinging no but you just right in there right in there okay. like i'm okay with that but 
I, 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 cause it's a connection thing for me. Mm. It's not necessarily sexual. It's a connection. Like I need that connection. If we don't have, like it, I have it down to the day, 22 days is as long as I can go before I'm a, just a raging bitch. Or you just take it. No, I never take it. Mm. He has to be about it or I'm not about it. Well, no, not like that. But like, <laughs> you're like, all right. So, uh, okay. pretty much, okay. pretty much. Yeah. No, like I need him to be about it. He mm-hmm. needs to be awake. Sometimes I'll wake him up, but yeah. Mm-hmm. And he's like, well, what are you doing? I'm like, you need to get fucking hard because we're about to fuck. Like, and you're fucking me. You need to fuck me. Um, but I also like toys. I love toys. You guys have a lot? Uh, I probably have more than most. Okay. I have a lot. I'm not, I'm not going to lie. I have a lot of vibrators. A lot of vibrators. I had nipple clamps at one one time, but I just feel like my nipples are too big for it, and I couldn't take myself seriously. <laughs> like, I breastfeed. Like, you know, like, like my nipples. That was too much. <laughs> like, it, they wouldn't fit, or they would just, yeah, they look ridiculous? Like, I, I like, no, like, it was cute. Mm-hmm. I liked it. He liked it. Mm-hmm. But, like, after a while, it's like, I already breastfed, so, like, the sensitivity is super high, but after a while, then it's like, now am I breastfeeding? Like, <laughs> what am I doing? Right, like right. I, I'm not, I'm not about it. But he's a tit man, so like he loves boobs. He's all about boobs, and so I, I play along with it. Yeah. So it seems like you guys have a, <laughs> have a great compatibility. In, um. Uh, yeah, I, I would say that when he gets stressed, he, he's not about sex, okay. and so like, and when I get stressed, yes, when I get stressed, I want sex mm-hmm. a lot of it too, like morning. But I get UTIs really bad. And so, like, then I got to take antibiotics and shit, and it's, like, hard. But, like, you know what? I don't care. I'll take some antibiotics to get dick more. (laughs) Whatever it costs, at all costs. Yeah. As long as I don't get pregnant, I don't fucking care. It's all fair game. Yeah. Um, Yeah, but I like aggression in men. I, Mm. I I like men to be aggressive in bed. Okay. Yeah. So none of that like pillow talk kind of thing. None of that. Um, I mean, the, you know, there's there's fucking and then there's making love. Mm-hmm. But like, so that's a good question. What should you prefer? Ooh, ooh. You want to fuck or you want to make love? Oh. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> um, I would say eighty percent of the time I want to fuck. Twenty okay. percent of the time I want to make love, and. Like, during quarantine, I wanted to make love. Like, I needed him to hold me. I needed him to show that compassion that he saw that, like, I wasn't working. Mm -hmm. Abruptly stopped, right? And I'm home with the kids all the time. And, like, (laughs) like, I'm drinking a lot, you know? I'm (laughs) fucking drunk every day. Like, I just kind of needed someone to hold me. And Mm -hmm. so to have that help, you know, holding me and fucking me at the same time, like, we're good. So I think that making love was what I needed to know that he saw me. Yeah. But like the rest of the time. Everything's good. Yeah. Like just give me the dick. Mm -hmm. It's been 21 days. You don't want to see me tomorrow the way I am on this 22nd day. So like let's just get it done. That's cool. (laughs) Okay. <laughs> did I answer no, you, you did. You did. I'm glad I asked that question. Yeah. You know, because sometimes it's not, it's usually one or the other. And mm-hmm. I don't know that that's always identified. Like, all right, mm-hmm. you just about that fucking, you about that, no. you know, slow music and let's make love. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. All right. All right. Next one. Next okay. one. This is one that I really, really like. Okay. Um, and it is a little bit deep. Okay. Um, <laughs> when do you feel lonely? Oh, when do I feel lonely during quarantine? (laughs) 
Um, I will, yeah, I, I will say like, probably, yeah. Um, quarantine was hard. It was still hard. We're starting, I mean, we're in Texas, so things are starting to open up. People don't fucking care anymore. Mm-hmm. They're just doing whatever they want. Um, but quarantine was hard for me because I wasn't getting text messages mm-hmm. at all. And then I was like, damn, was all my text messages about my business? Like, were people only wanting to talk to me because they needed something done? And then I will say this is probably like this last year or so has been the hardest because we moved to McKinney. Yeah. And then quarantine hit. And then I see all my friends that I had and they live blocks away from each other and they can chill and they can talk and if I was still in the neighborhood, you know, my backyard, I would have had six feet around All circle, yes. right, of where you could sit and I would have everybody wear masks and I would have had everybody, like, I would have done a quarantine party that would have been done safely, you know, but I don't know anyone out here. Yeah. And so that's really, it's been really hard. And I don't, I really don't even know anyone on my street. I know my next door neighbors, but that's because we help each other out when like our garage doors open overnight. Yeah. <laughs> like, but not on the level like you did in your old neighborhood. No, yeah. no. Um, and I am so grateful for those women. Like if they if they wouldn't have supported me as the way they did, me trying to build a business, mm-hmm. I would I would not be here doing this mm-hmm. even. I wouldn't even have I was going to say something really old, the Rolodex, but I wouldn't have the Rolodex of women that I could call upon and say, hey, tell me your story, you know? So if it wasn't for that, then I don't know what I would, like, I don't know what I would have done. Um, so it's it's been a different kind of loneliness yeah. and, you know, no one's reaching out really to me, but I'm not really reaching out to anyone else because I feel like maybe they're going through the same thing I am. Hey, and when when yeah, you know, I mean, like the whole state was shut down. The whole United States was shut down. The world, yeah, the world, yeah, down. literally the world was shut down. Yes. And I'm like, if I'm dealing with this, they're probably dealing with this. And I know if I'm having a hard time, I recluse. Like I, I don't want to tell you what's going on because I don't want to dump on you. So I rather keep it to myself so that I don't add to your pain. And so I wasn't reaching out either. And so then once I started to kind of like, it was like week four, week mm-hmm. five, I was like, okay, I need to make sure my girls are good. And I wrote down a whole bunch of names on a list of people that I wanted to contact. And then I lost the list. So then I was like, well, shit. <laughs> Everyday <laughs> life. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so then I'm like going back through my text messages, mm-hmm. going through my friends list on Facebook, making sure I'm sending messages, thinking about you. If I knew that they were sick before something like that, where or what, like, for a whole week, I told myself, every person that posts, I'm just going to like it. Mm. So they at least they know I saw it. Yeah. And, like, I don't have to reach out. They don't feel obligated to talk to me for 30 minutes on the phone or Zoom call or FaceTime. I, they just know that I saw it. And I don't know if that made a difference. I don't know if they like that. But it, it made me feel good to know that I at You're least touched them. Yeah. I at least touched them where they saw that I saw them. And that was... That was good, but that that's probably the one. The I would say my season that I'm in right now is being my loneliest I've been in a long time. So, do you think that has anything to do? I know you mentioned like you're a person who seeks validation, and mm-hmm. it's kind of it stems from childhood, I right, assume, right? Right. Um. So, do you think that the two kind of went hand in hand because you know with the work that you do, um, you know, with women that are coming to see you for beauty to feel, you know. Um, good about themselves to self-care for themselves 
when that obviously shuts down, you aren't having those moments. Do you, are the two related at all? Um, and you feeling lonely because of that kind of not happening. I think that I do rely on my clients a lot for my outside of my house mm-hmm. information because <laughs> um, I work from home, yeah. right? So I, I when they come in and they tell me about their lives, I probably might not even talk that much that whole that whole session appointment, but I I saw someone. And so I don't know if it's more of being an extrovert than needing oh, validation. I see. I see. Um, because now it's like, well, you work from home and now you're home all day, but yet I'm missing that extra person. I see my fucking kids and my husband and my father-in-law all the fucking time. Like, like I don't need to ask them what they did yesterday because we're in the same house. But when I had someone new, I could say, hey, so how's your grandmother doing? What's going on with this? How was that interview? I get to have those conversations, a face-to-face conversation with someone. And, um, yeah, I, 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 did need, I do need validation from my clients. And I think that did come down from I, – they don't even have to tell me I did a good job. They can mm-hmm. tip me or they can send me a referral. And that's enough for me. It's you not offering a service right, for someone. For yeah. someone is what really I we go through these I go through these phases where I feel like if I'm not offering something, then mm. I'm invaluable. Wow. And deep. so that's deep. Right. Yeah. So it it's like, okay, I'm not offering anything. And then I start downplaying the things that I am offering. Mm-hmm. I was able to stay home with my kids during quarantine in order to teach them what they needed to learn and work with them what they needed to learn. But I downplayed that because I felt like I was invaluable to others. And it was like, oh, shit. No, my kids need me. That's important, too. You know, so I I still felt that loneliness, but I don't think necessarily it always comes from my clients. Sometimes it comes from my husband because mm-hmm. he was essential. And so he worked all the time. And now it's summer, so he's working 12, 14-hour days. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's like, where is it really coming from? I don't know. I think it's a combination of all of it. Mm-hmm. And the fact that I need to touch people. I need to talk to them. I need to see them in their face. I'm like, I, connect. yeah. 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 I, I have to have those things. That makes sense. Okay. Okay. Next question. Mm-hmm. You ready? Yeah, I'm ready. So... When you meet someone mm-hmm. and there's that whole question of like, okay, do I vibe with them? Are they cool? Do I like them? What is of higher priority to you? What's more important, their morals or their characteristics? Okay. <laughs> I'm sorry. I don't know why I laugh all the time because I, I know that I'm such a bitch. Okay. So no, I'm going to be honest. But yes, she is. <laughs> so what? Okay. Yeah. I have this thing, it goes into my spirituality thing, and it's never let me down. If I meet you on the first time and I say I like you or I don't like you, in that instance, if I say I don't like you, within a year, it's proven to me why I don't like you, even if I still kind of fuck with you a little bit. Hmm. It has never, I have never seen one person go past the year point of the fact that I have like kicked it with someone past a year after that first initial meeting where I was like, mm, I don't know if I like her or, oh, I don't know if I like him. It normally within a year, they'll show me. And some, you know, some people are like, well, that's kind of fake. And I'm like, no, because I really want them to prove me wrong. 
I was just about to comment on that because you could hear that and say, yeah, well, then you just aren't letting people be who they are. You're right. writing them off before you need to know them. But it sounds like you are open to seeing them for who they are and then things come full circle. Right. And it's not like I write it down in my diary and like, today I met Erica and she was a fucking bitch. Let's see how the next year goes. Like, it's not like that. No, No, yeah. Like, oh, oh, she made it eight months. Like, it's not like that at all. It's really, it's, it's really like, okay, something's up. Mm. I don't know necessarily why I don't like them or what I'm picking up from them. It's really just me like, "Mm." normally it's how they treat a waiter if we're at a girl's night, Mm -hmm. Um, how they treat another friend that they call their best friend or something like that. That has a lot to do with how a man touches his wife. Mm. I can see that and. I come um, in previous relationships, I've had domestic abuse, I've had sexual abuse. And so I look for little things that set me off where I'm like, "Mm, I really hope that that's not what I saw. And then normally either their characteristics show me that I was right. Normally it's it's never really morals. Mm -hmm. It's normally characteristics that, and I've told you, I don't like nonsense. Like I, I, I have no problem if you're like, I really don't like this. And so that's why I don't like it. And it's fine. That doesn't bother me. Or I don't like watching movies where girls cry in them. Okay, fine. That's your thing. That doesn't bother me. It's characteristics of I, me, myself, I'm all about myself. I love myself, 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 myself. That's a characteristic of reflection within yourself. And I I am not for that. I feel like that's unrealistic. I feel like that's nonsense to believe that you are the only person in the world. And normally that's what it comes down to. Um, Also, with I see this in not just one girl group, a lot of girl groups, people with jealousy issues, with connections with other women, And then try to infiltrate those connections by feeling like they need to have that kind of connection with everyone. That to me is envy, which is a characteristic. It's jealousy, which is a characteristic. And I'm not here for it. If you feel like you want to rip off AT&T, which I feel like is stealing, <laughs> right? That's a moral. Do you steal? Do you not steal? Like, yeah. that that shit doesn't fucking bother me. You, If you like one-night stands, get a girl. Get all the dick you want. Have a night one-night stand every night. I don't care. Those are the things that I don't, I don't bother me. Characteristics are normally something where you go out and portray on other people. Mm-hmm. And those are the problems I have. I don't need someone to have the same morals as me. Less of, I don't know. Because the moral of like t- texting another woman's husband or doing something yeah. like that, that shit, not okay with. Yeah. And that's not even because it's a girl code. It's just like you're being fucking disrespectful. So that to me, I'll drop somebody off of that shit. I don't care if even it was my husband or not. Like, I don't know if uh, my husband won't even text you back, but he doesn't text me back. <laughs> like, like, so I'm like, damn, like, you got him to, to text you back. yeah, What's like, I know. I'd be okay with that if he wanted to bring her over. But like, <laughs> but you know, I would, yeah, like I would be okay with that. But I, I really, I, I really feel like certain characteristics mm-hmm. I cannot get over. There's very few moral things that I'm like, mm, okay. I don't, I don't really like that. But if it's both, I can't. 
I can't. Yeah. yeah. I, I think um, you can – my dad used to always say this. When you're dating a boy – don't always go on solo dates. Go on group dates because wow. it's hard for a guy to hide who he is in front of his friends. Because if he's someone different with you than when he's with your friends, wow. then it's something different. You know, then then you know who yeah. he really is. He also told me to, like, be good in school because they're not running out of boys. Like, they're going to have boys when you graduate. And I was like, yeah, no, that's not happening. <laughs> He told me a lot, right? But I, I, so I use that with friends even. So like, oh, you want to go have tea? Yeah, okay, let's go have some tea or some coffee or go to lunch, whatever. But if I see you in a group and you're a totally different person than you were at coffee and tea, then yeah, that's probably that's, a red sign for me. That's like, if, like I, so I like being quiet sometimes and just absorbing. And I'm, sometimes I like to be loud. I'm also a fucking Gemini. So... That's part of me, right? That's who, <laughs> That's who I am. Yeah. But I don't mind taking either role. But when someone is even talking shit behind someone's back, mm-hmm. I'm one of those people, like, you can call my friend all you want to, but I'm not going to let you do it in front of me. And I might even be like, yeah, that's true, but she's not here to defend herself. I feel like sometimes that's the best defense for you to do for your friend. I hate when someone's like, well, let me tell you what she said. And it's like, well, then what the fuck did you say? Like, that's always my first question. So you were sitting there listening to her talk shit. But what the fuck did you say? Well, I didn't say anything. Okay, that's enough. I'll probably still be their friend before I'll be your friend again. Because you had the chance. Loyalty is big to me. I was about to say that's loyalty. Yeah, right. Yeah. You didn't even have to agree. You don't even have to disagree. Just be like, she ain't here to defend herself, and it's over. Mm-hmm. Or walk oh. away. But, I mean, like, and I have a very strict rule. I will not talk shit behind your back or say anything behind your back that I will not be willing to say to your face. That's hard. <laughs> um, so if I'm like, yeah, she's screwing on her, her husband. Like, she's fucking around. Mm-hmm. And then you're like, I heard you said that I was fucking around. Yeah, I said that. Do you remember when I told you you always said <laughs> Like, I, I, of course, if it's not disclosed to everybody, I'm not right. going to be telling everybody that. But right. I'm just saying, like, in general. That is probably one of the biggest definitions of a person who's loyal, in mm. my opinion. Um, I mean, because you have so much cattiness going on between <laughs> women and just friendships in general. But right. that, that right there, I can respect that. <laughs> okay. And they're like, Christine said this behind your back. And they're like, oh, okay. I probably, well, I probably didn't say it the way they probably said it. But if you came up to me and said, did you say this? I'll probably tell you yes or no. Fair enough. Yeah. All right. I'm going to ask you one thing. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> ask me Hopefully never get there. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. So these are like the, probably just one or the other. Okay. Give or take kind okay. of questions. Yeah. All right. Ready. Favorite color? Pink. Really? Oh. I thought you were going to say black. I know. I really like pink, but okay. I like pink on things, but mm-hmm. I like to wear black. Okay. I feel you. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And if it's not black, it's gray. Mm. I'll, wear, I'll wear white, but like not on the bottom half, just in case you cough and pee a little bit. You never know. <laughs> you never know. You can never be too. <laughs> like what if my IUD slips out and I start my period or some shit? I don't, I don't know. know. We've all been there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'll wear black, but I like pink on things. Okay. Okay. Yeah. All right. Um, you're, are you a spender or are you a saver? Oh, I am a saver. I'm a big saver, but I will save to spend. 
Nothing wrong with that. Like, <laughs> I if, if you tell me it's a big ticket item, mm-hmm. instead of putting it on credit because I want it now, no, I will save. Tell me how much it is with taxes. Tell me how much it is with delivery. And I'll be back in like two or three months, six months, nine months, a year. I don't care. And I will save and I will get it. That's that, and, I, and I don't care how much it is. If it's like, oh, it's two grand. Okay, I'll get you two grand. I'll be back in a year. Or whatever it is. Yeah, yeah. But um, I I was in a domestic violence relationship, sexual and domestic violence relationship, and I had to learn how to hide money. And so I hoard money. Mm. I think that's probably the best. Instead of saving, I probably the best word is probably hoard. Like I hide money. It took me a long time to stop hiding money in the house because that's what that was something that I learned how to do. And so in that relationship, I things were bad financially and I had to work three jobs and I had special places. If he wanted money, then he could have that money, but it wasn't like anything that took away from the household because I knew that that was going to be an option for him to come and do something like that. So I just learned to save money. Yeah. Save money. And so now I'm a big saver. Like, I'm a recovering money hoarder. <laughs> <laughs> I've never heard that before. <laughs> That's the best. Like dimes, pennies. Mm-hmm. I'll pick them up off the ground. I'm I'm really bad, and it, it's not like I'm frugal because I was, I I don't mind spending money. It's just like so but I will hoard it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I say to spend. Are you in? I know this is kind of off topic, yeah. but are you in your relationship now? Are you more open about? like saving and like your feelings about it and like is there any do you kind of still tuck away what they call rainy day money oh yeah yeah oh yeah okay i have a cash pot i have two cash piles <laughs> <laughs> the one he knows about the one he doesn't know about okay he's gonna listen to this podcast and now he's gonna know so i'm not gonna replace it with something <laughs> move it move it away. yeah <laughs> i did it in a different location <laughs> Um, I have apps that have money on it. I have multiple investment apps that I can get my hand, my hands on. I have a change place. He knows about all of this. I've also have worked in therapy about it too. Um, which the biggest thing was, is in this relationship, have I never had to hoard money? Mm-hmm. Like, have I ever been without money? Answer. Yes, I have, but not like it was before and it was the same with food I would hoard food too like I would I would have a freezer full of food like when quarantine happened it was like yo this is what I've been planning for for the last 15 years yeah (laughs) like I got this shit right (laughs) (laughs) like I was totally okay with you know things like that but Mm. it still came to like have I ever gone without a meal in this relationship no have I been for yes Mm -hmm. so why am I bringing that stuff from my past relationship into this relationship so it's something that he's been helping me with is like not not like Christine we're good like calm down and certain things trigger it I don't think quarantine really triggered it as much because it was like this is what I planned for for you know like this is what I planned for was to have this this stockpile of money and and Mm -hmm. food but yeah, I um, yeah, I, I I would say like he's he's definitely supportive and he understands. The normally when I get bad, he's just like just don't get crazy, and it goes away in about a week or two. He he, he accepts your yeah. Your, it's normally when I run out of something. Okay, like 
oh, yeah, you want chicken tacos? Okay, cool. And I used the last bag of my chicken that I had saved. And then that's like, (laughs) oh, my God, we don't have any. Okay, I'm going and we're going to get like $20 worth of chicken. Like it's it it triggers when I use the last one of something. So I normally always have like one or two of something at all times Mm -hmm. to like not get to that point where I feel like I now I need to go stockpile on like everything that Sam's has. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's a it's a good problem, but I can see I I get it. If it's coming from a place of trauma, then yeah. you want to not always have that be oh my god something that lots you know pulls to you emotionally. You <laughs> lots know? and lots of trauma. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. All right, I like this next question okay. too. You a good girl, you a bad girl. Oh, I'm a bad girl. I'm a rebel. Ooh, Shocker. I'm a rebel. Oh, I love it. <laughs> like when they're like the good angel and the bad angel oh I'm always the bad angel mm. every Disney movie the villain was always my favorite Corella DeVille oh god that jacket made out of puppies hell yes <laughs> I'm totally here for it I didn't fucking care about those puppies I wanted to be with black and white hair Scar oh my god I love any guy with a scar now I definitely feel like that was a thing like <laughs> That's hot. Yeah. That's hot. Yeah. If a guy has a scar, damn. Yes, daddy. I'm mm-hmm. about it. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. All about the bad. Oh, yeah. Okay. Oh, okay. yeah. I'm about. I'm definitely I'm a bad girl. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So I want to know the answer to this. <laughs> I, think I, I think I do. I've seen it. Right. But what is your natural hair color? Oh, it's a, it's a brown. Okay. Like in... in and um, weave color, it's a four. Okay. <laughs> not a 1B? Yeah, no, I'm not a 1B. Okay. I'm a four when it comes to, like, weave and color and stuff okay. like that. Yeah. Um, when I was younger, it was a lot lighter. Like, yeah, it was a lot lighter when I was younger. But, yeah, it's a four. Okay. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. It's chocolate, I guess, would be the color. A light chocolate. Milk chocolate? Yeah. Would that be a nice yeah. comparison yeah. color? Yeah. So it's not like a like a dark dark dark. No, okay. no, no, no. Okay. No, I'm not very hairy either. Like I think that's probably why I keep up with the wigs. Like my legs don't have hair on them. Like my arms so don't have, have hair. You don't have to shave that much. Oh, I shave yeah. like once a quarter. And that's if the wind caught me one day and I felt like two hairs brushing <laughs> my legs. Not the wind. I'm like, oh shit! I got hair on my legs. Let me go ahead and get that. Oh, wow. Yeah, I. I don't like I even like my bikini area. Like I still wax like maybe every six to eight weeks. And you've always been that way. Mm-hmm. Even when I was little, oh. like I don't have I don't have hair. Which like someone like you that has gorgeous thick hair was like everything that I wanted. Mm, you can have it. I'll share it with you because <laughs> you got enough to share. Hair, it's head to toe, <laughs> except my yeah legs. yeah yeah. See like normally yeah. yeah. Okay, so are we still friends? Are you still willing to listen to the podcast even though you might not agree or you <laughs> or maybe I offended you <laughs> a couple of times? Well, guess what? I still have a chance to offend you. <laughs> we still got two more episodes of the series. <laughs> So, um, if I haven't already, just give me some time. I'll get there. I want to thank uh, Erica for coming over and speaking with me and doing a great job at interviewing and having amazing follow-up questions. 
I really do appreciate that she has a family and babies and she still took out her time to come over and and do this with me and I hope she really enjoys it. I want to say thank you to everyone that listens along with my guest for being honest and open and telling their stories. As I was going through this journey of figuring out what questions to ask in the first place, I'm really figuring out that I can understand the anxiety of where my guests have um, speaking their truth. So I want to thank them from the bottom of my heart that they are willing to share their life with us so that we can gain and we can change and we can make a difference because that's what we do. We are moms. We are sisters. We are daughters. We are women. Um, yeah, I, I hope I hope that this is changing someone's heart. You can go to our Facebook page, You Gotta Meet Her podcast, and you can see all the wonderful women that have already showed their stories and their courage that they are willing to help others out there. If there's anything I can do for you or you want to be on the podcast, please let me know because we are all worthy of telling our story. Being that said, I will catch you on the next one.